sitting alone in your room come hear the music play life is a cabaret old chum come to the cabaret welcome back everybody today we are talking about the return to live performances here on the conversation in this latest phase of the pandemic what's your comfort level for being back in a venue for managers planning is key but some say restrictions are holding us back joining us today jerry papillo the city and county uh, director of enterprise services which oversees the blaisdell complex and the waikiki shell nice to see you jerry yeah thank you thanks for having us and tui scanlon uh, he's the president of iatsi local 665 that's the international alliance of theatrical stage employees the union that represents technicians nice to see you thanks for having me and bob Harmon of eggshell lighting he's the president and ceo of the hawaii events coalition a group of hawaii professionals who came together in April 2020 to direct their expertise toward, toward saving every facet of live events statewide. Hi, Bob. Aloha. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really glad that we, we've got you uh, gentlemen here today. Uh, Jerry, what, why don't we start out with you? You know, what's the snapshot as far as, you know, the tier that we're in and what we're looking for? Sure. Um, you know, the key is right now the, the new metrics that everyone's following is basically vaccination rates. Uh, there's a tremendous focus on that um, at at a local right at ground zero level um, Blaisdell actually was one of the first um, sort of mobile locations uh, off-site to people to come and get vaccinations to date we've put uh, uh, with Queens Medical Center obviously but we were the location uh, they've had over 145,000 vaccinations that have gone into arms uh, right there at the Blaisdell. So we at least, at the very least, want to do our part from that perspective. Uh, it's been going well, um, but as everyone knows, now there's uh, well over 100 uh, locations um, island-wide where you can go and get a vaccination. So we've scaled uh, the size and scope of the clinic there at the, at the Blaisdell. Uh, in fact, after this uh, interview here, have a meeting with Queens to um, sort of map out the next X number of uh, months to make sure that they continue to do uh, and we continue to do our part. And we want to get to that 70% threshold. Absolutely. That's uh, that's absolutely critical. You know, I had a meeting uh, last week or 10 days ago with uh, Mayor Blangiardi, and really that's uh, the focus with him and the, and the governor uh, working in tandem with the uh, Department of Health and uh, it's really that's sort of once we hit that threshold, a lot of things uh, open up in, in all of our favor. So if if you're out there and lingering, um, you know, and we want to get to another level, uh, we got to do our part and and get people to that 70 uh, percent level. Right. The sooner we get there, the sooner we can open up the gates. That's uh, right. And, and, and increase our capacity. Yes. And Tui, you know, you represent what some 500 members across the state. Mm -hmm. You folks have been working. <laughs> We've been very lucky in that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> excuse me. We have, uh, you know, at the onset of the pandemic, we experienced 100% unemployment. Um, how do you congregate in large numbers, not only at the audience level, but at the technician level? It takes hundreds of people uh, to put on a show, be it film, TV, or a convention, or a concert, or musical. Um, and luckily, uh, through the work of our international body and several other unions like uh, Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA, the Teamsters, the Directors Guild of America, they all banded together and, you know, hired their own epidemiologists and immunologists and figured out how do we get back to work safely. Um, they've also been working on stage protocols as well and what that will look like for uh, technicians to get back to work in the live event sector as well. And you folks really had to give on all sides because uh, with a lot of the stage productions, they went from being, you know, theater productions live, uh, you know, for the equity actors, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, okay, we got to go on Zoom, and it, you know, then became an issue of, okay, now we're recording things, and how do you work that out? Right. It's a, it's a very different experience, right? Uh, the difference between uh, a canned performance, so to speak, and, and being there live uh, in, in person. I think where there was... Phantom of the Opera and The Illusionist and Jersey Boys, among others that were canceled, that we were all looking forward to not only working with some of us to attending as well. Um, and yeah, it took a lot of concerted effort for on the part of the technicians and on the part of uh, of the employers as well to, to try and find a middle ground. It's crazy because, you know, what you folks are all in business, 
you know, and it, it you know, the, they were looking at those as super spreader events, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was all aerosol and there was that, mm-hmm. that big concern. And Bob, uh, jump in here. I mean, because you provide equipment, uh, production equipment uh, for, <laughs> gosh, so many productions. And uh, a number of, of your competitors have had to shut down. I mean, it's been a tough time. Um, yes, uh, you know, just like the union, things came to a hundred percent abrupt stop. Uh, of course, when you're in live performance, in particular, that stop kind of continues on now. Uh, it's just uh, it's it's been devastating. Some pe- companies have lost uh, lost their businesses altogether. Um, you know, we've all uh, you know gathered together, and that we started the Hawaii Events Coalition just to figure out how. And you know what are the procedures that we have to do to get started again, and we've you know managed to have great success in that. We've gotten some of the uh, convention work back and some of the wedding uh, work back, uh, live concerts and the like. Gosh, it's all up to vaccines at this point. And uh, I think I mentioned to you earlier off air that you know our key demographic, 18 to 40 year olds, olds, are the ones that we really are hoping will take the effort and uh, get the vaccine. Because in Hawaii, this is the only state where they include all the children as well uh, in the number of percentages. And that makes it just all the more uh, prohibitive. We have to get to some 85% of adults to hit the 70% vaccination benchmark. And what are you hearing from the people that you talk to? I mean, what are they waiting for? Why are they reluctant to get the vaccines? Um, you know, I think there's always going to be a decision where someone, you know, decides they don't want to do this for health reasons. I get that. Um, there's a real fear, not fear isn't the right word. There's a belief that they're not going to be the ones to, that are going to get sick by this because they weren't in the first round. But at this point, the elders are, in fact, mostly vaccinated. So their numbers are going up rapidly. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, that threshold is something everybody's watching. And I know, I think the I, at last check, I think we were like 57%, you know, around around that neighborhood. Um, wh- what uh, what have you been doing, Jerry, uh, just as far as the city uh, properties with the concert halls and, you know, the, the shell? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, look, you got to take s- uh, some baby steps. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hard for folks like Bob and some of these uh, larger concert promoters to be able to do um, scaled back events because as he mentioned earlier offline before we got started here it's just you know your your profitability margins don't really kick in until you get to closer to those full houses um, and so um, we've been able to at the shell uh, you know the Honolulu Symphony's been a, a great partner in kickstarting some of the at least getting back and getting the wheels turning. Uh, we've had a handful of events there, and, um, you know, it's it's interesting to to see people coming in and obviously socially distanced and following all the protocols and things, but at the very least, it's um, live entertainment, and there's been very good uh, reactions and very good feedback from what, what has happened. Uh, obviously, what we want to do, we have... Um, a floodgate of inquiries that are coming in, right? Wanting to get back into uh, being one, utilizing our venues, two, for people to get back into business who are in in the business of putting on events. So um, as we scale up uh, levels, we kind of give them some current thresholds and things, but then we ask, we have a plan in place to operate uh, safely and soundly, uh, much like Tui mentioned when they were doing some of the filming at the Blaisdell. Uh, we have similar protocols that we put in place. Uh, but the next level of that really is is that, you know, if someone has an event, they can do it at the current thresholds. Um, we uh, ask them to put together their own mitigation plan on how they're going to deal with the artists, how they're going to deal with the uh, other performers, and also uh, just in general keeping, keeping the public safe. Uh, and then we're happy to walk that um, at any level that's necessary to seek those approvals. Again, we're in the business of having venues and we want to be open. So, Well, if you're just joining the conversation, we're talking about the gradual return to live performances and we'd like to know what you think. Join the discussion by calling us at 941-3689 or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. And, you know, I, I recall after being vaccinated, I went out to dinner with a friend for the first time in a very long time, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think 
people are looking forward to getting back into the venues. Uh, you mentioned the symphony. Uh, we did also reach out to Dave Moss, the executive director of the Hawaii Symphony Orchestra. Here's what he had to say. As we look back at about six months ago or longer, actually back in December, we started having the conversation of where the safest place for us to return to all live events would be. Um, and that guided us towards the Waikiki Shell, an outdoor venue where we could adequately social distance. We knew the science told us it would be safer for us to be outside, both for our musicians and for our audience. And so we set our sights on that and spent the time planning our return at the Waikiki Shell. You know, we're at this point, we're four weeks into performances. We're about to start our fifth week at the Sheraton Starlight Series. And it's been a, a wonderful return. You know, I feel like the symphony was really pushing, pushing the city and pushing the state to allow us to get into that venue. And then we started with just 200 patrons in an 8,000-seat venue. Um, so the, the economics of that didn't quite align, but due to the uh, additional federal stimulus that the symphony was eligible for, we were able to get our musicians back to work and start to greet those audiences. But then as we moved into Tier 4, we're actually able to welcome up to 2,700 patrons in a venue that seats 8,000. So there's still adequate room for safety protocols and all of those things. You know, not everybody is back to work. Um, he mentioned the musicians, uh, you know, and, and because things shut down so quickly, there were so many people that were out of work and they needed unemployment checks, and I know we've gotten some federal aid. I don't know, Tui, you want to talk about how that helped your, your members? Yes, definitely. It helped uh, buoy us and, uh, you know, uplift us throughout the course of this pandemic. Um, and again, we've been steadily going back to work. We look forward to the resurgence of the live event sector. And, you know, it was it was really rough there for a second, you know, uh, just because we flip a switch and we're in a, a different tier, you know, stage productions take quite a bit of planning. Um, there, there are a lot of factors that go into putting on a successful show. And uh, luckily, our industry, top to bottom on whatever area of the industry you work in, we are uniquely positioned to deal with logistical challenges. Um, we are constantly in a mode of trying to fix something or, you know, make sure that the costume goes on right or make sure that the lights are working properly. But the show must go on. And, uh, you know, I, I thank all of the professionals out there, one, for their patience and two, for their diligence in uh, adhering to safety protocols. And, Bob, you've been working uh, with uh, a number of our uh, legislators, you know, just to make sure that um, that people can get the help that they need during these really difficult times. Um, absolutely. You know, just today, uh, Congressman, uh, Con Congressman Ed Case testified uh, on behalf of small business. He's trying to help expand the SVOG, which, if you don't know, is the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant which uh, a lot of people think that that saved the musical industry. In fact, it's really, really, the scope is, you know, venues and that kind of thing with seating and tickets bought and that kind of thing. So a lighting sound company, staging company, would not qualify under those rules. Uh, we took that case to Mr. Ed Case, and uh, he, in fact, uh, testified on our behalf today, trying to expand those uh, parameters so that maybe there's some hope at the end. Yeah, and, you know, so much of businesses getting back on their feet has to do with planning, and there's so much uncertainty uh, as you try and, you know, uh, cobble a plan, right? Plan A, plan B, plan C. Um, here's what Dave Moss had to say about the situation. So one of the biggest challenges we're facing right now is that with this unknown 70% mark with vaccination, we're really having a hard time planning our return to indoor performances next season. You know, we need to put tickets on sale for our big performances in October, November, January. And at this point, without the state giving us a firm deadline of when we can reopen, as California has, as, you know, many other states has been able to do, we're missing that income right now. So our big shows like Harry Potter and Star Wars and, you know, when we return indoors to the Blaisdell and to the Hawaii Theater Center, that's the biggest thing holding us back right now is without clear guidelines on that. We just were not comfortable putting those tickets on sale until the state gives us a little bit more clear definition of what kind of timeline we're looking at. You know, I did see a uh uh, headlines of a story that said there was a big concert somewhere and it, they had 20,000 people in attendance. I mean, 
Jerry, what can you share with us about the arena and, and what we can look forward to? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a, it, it's looking into the crystal ball. And again, we're, we're aiming towards that 70% mark. And I think that's, that's the eye on the prize is, is getting to that level. And when we do, um, it's very important though, Bob, Bob talks about, and I certainly understand it. I've, I've put on some live events of my own in the past and um, you know, it's, it's about the planning process. And so it's trying to align that crystal ball of when we're going to hit that 70% and when you can start putting hard dollars towards an upcoming event. And that's a challenge. That's a challenge right now, especially when, uh, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the promoters and, and event organizers have had a rough, uh, 15 plus months of, of not having any income come in to start putting money out towards a future event that still isn't crystallized and, and, and formalized yet, uh, understand that. And again, I think, um, you know, as we look towards the fall and, and the uh, early winter, I think things look better and better. But uh, the most we can do is keep encouraging people to, you know, the, the governor has laid out that 70% as, as our new guidelines, and that's what we got to get to and uh, encourage everyone to help the society in general, right, uh, to get to that number. Right, so that's maybe the, the, the best reason you can give, right? Hey, brah, you know, got vaccinated, go get your shot because we need to get to 70. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we did reach out to uh, Rick uh, Bartolini, the owner of Rick Bartolini Presents. Uh, he's a concert promoter who uh, recently brought in Lionel Richie, Diana Ross, Bill Mayer. Uh, here's what he had to say about the situation. Oh, uh, he basically said, or it was a statement that he sent us, uh, he said, once the state hits 70% fully vaccinated and restrictions are fully lifted, COVID mitigation for events will be moot. As the CDC has said, the sanitizing frenzy was not necessary and that people are not getting COVID from surfaces. Uh, Rick Bartolini Presents will continue to run heavy TV and radio advertising to encourage the people of Hawaii to get vaccinated so we can return to large-scale events and the state of Hawaii can return to normal and everyone can get back to work. We will be hosting incentivized vaccination events July through August, just uh, as well as official shows, specific vaccination events when we start to roll out shows. And he says he will have a big announcement in a few weeks. So everybody's probably just holding on, right? Your members want to work. Indeed. You know, like it's because it's it's not necessarily an immediate fix once, you know, we get opened up. You know, folks are, are still being patient. They're, they're working through it, but it's hard times for them. You know, there, there are folks who make their whole living for the year on opera season or graduation season, you know. Yeah. So vaccines are a gateway drug to concerts. You know, get your shot and you get concerts after that. Yeah, I don't know whose idea it was to offer concerts as a uh, incentive. Bob, was that yours? <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. I, you know, I, I can see scenarios of doing drives. Uh, for vaccinations and letting the, you know, there certainly is money within the city and or state uh, to get these numbers closer to where they need to be. And since that group and uh, is really the, the population that you want to get to, it seems logical that if someone is, uh, gets a ticket, I would like to see the city or state pay a promoter who may have a lower uh, capacity or even a headcount for those who are interested in going outdoors yet so that we can get back to life because frankly our industry you know was looked past on many opportunities of cash flow we're not the res- restaurant industry we're not a venue um, and we're hanging on it'll be uh, gosh who had two years of reserve to, to wait but uh, you know we're all anxious to get there and I think it's pure pressure hey guys we all want to go to this concert we can, let's get vaccinated this afternoon we all get free tickets uh, that's going to be right to the audience that you really need to get uh, in line. You know, I know a, a lot of my friends, you know, former photographers um, who used to work in news, uh, you know, relied on the work at the convention centers. Uh, you know, those conventions coming in and, and sure. you know, that's going to be slow in coming back. You know, we, we know that's just, you know, years out. Uh, but, you know, for, for the big concerts, Bob, I mean, I know a lot of those big bands, you know, bring in usually most of their stuff, right? Uh, but uh, I don't know. Talk about you know what you need to to stay afloat. Okay, well that's a good question. Um, let me correct you on one thing. It's mm-hmm. so expensive for a lot of these acts to carry all these items. In fact, my company and a number of companies here we work together in tandem for the largest of groups. 
uh, I know that my company can certainly handle most of them. Um, but we're out there, and uh, what do we need? Gosh, we've been paying rent. We pay the same insurance. We have trucks that have to get on, on wheels. You know, the, uh, the PPPs have been great as far as getting labor paid and that kind of thing. But the first round of PPP was you've got six weeks to spend it, and it was only in the last couple of weeks they said, oh, you know what, you can take six, six months for this. But it's too late to plan like that. The reality is that, uh, that that gave people money, but there wasn't any shows to go to to set up. So we got very clean shops and things painted, and you know things are swept up. Uh, we're ready to go back to work. We need uh, personnel. And that's one of the things that we really lost during all this. A number of people you know, with that much time out of work, have, and sometimes, some of them have just changed careers. Many have moved to the mainland. And it's kind of um, it's sad, and I think Tui would back me up on this. There's a whole group of people that have grown up in Hawaii that realized that production is a way of making a life. And, um, and it's a good life. But, you know, you can't stand down for a year or two, and you can't stay on unemployment forever. And, uh, you know, we need, we need to get uh, back to work. What could we do? Uh, we put forth a couple of plans for a grant to our industry but, uh, with the city and county, but we have yet to hear a response. If there would be cash flow, you know, that could come to our industry, that would be amazing. Um, going back to this other idea of is there a way to subsidize a plan to get the population vaccinated and get promoters cash flow so they have money to pay production and hire uh, my crew, the IAA, and, and some rental, that would be amazing. And it would all be for common good. Tui, you want to jump in here? Yeah. Um I mean, it, I absolutely echo that. You know, the, the live event and, you know, entertainment industry at large is, is proven to be a viable way to, you know, afford the cost of living in the state of Hawaii. Um, you know, you, you mentioned conventions. Uh, conventions, not only do we, you know, support that industry, that sector of our industry, uh, but it brings a, an economic boon to the state. You know, there are tens of thousands of people that showed up to the Toyota convention <clears throat> excuse me, the American Dental Association Convention, they come through to attend this one function, inevitably will stay longer. So it's it works hand-in-hand hand with the tourism industry as well. Um, I mean, no no worker is an island, no person is an island, but, you know, there are, there are ripple effects to the, the loss and momentum of all this work. Well, if you're uh, just joining us, this is The Conversation on Hawaii Public Radio. We're talking about the return to live performances. Have you been going to concerts virtually? Are you ready to return to live venues? Share your experience with us by calling 1-877-941-3689. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a break. Support for HPR comes from UH Manoa's Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, a member-based community for ages 50 and older with a variety of virtual courses in its summer 2021 online catalog. More by searching Osher Hawaii. On the next Fresh Air, an inside look at the Nixon White House in a critical period of the Watergate scandal. We talk with historian Michael Dobbs, who relies on the most recently released tape recordings to chronicle the drama as Nixon aides turned on each other and eventually the president. Dobbs' new book is called King Richard. Join us. Beginning this afternoon at 3, following On Point. You'll be back, soon you'll see. you remember you belong to me. You'll be back, time will tell you remember that I served you well Oceans rise, empires fall We have seen each other through it all And when push comes to shove I will send a fully armed battalion To remind you of my love you are back with the conversation here on Hawaii Public Radio. We had a listener uh, call in, Barry Rivers. Uh, he runs the Maui Film Festival. He couldn't stay on the line, but he called in to say that he appreciates everyone who is working on reopening the live performance scene. So there you go. Um, you know, and a shout out to to Maui. We know folks there uh, are uh, are. are kind of struggling with, uh, you know, all the visitors, 
uh, coming to your island, and, and it, it is a transition trying to get used to uh, no crowds to all of a sudden uh, a lot of people. Uh, but, you know, growing pains. Uh, you know, we did reach out to Art Bento. He's the president and CEO of the Maui Arts and Cultural Center, just, you know, about how they're doing. Here's what he had to say. It's sooner than later that we'll be reopening. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train coming at us. There is true hope that things will start again. To that end, we continued to try and find a way to say yes rather than no. What we can do as opposed to what we can't do. Difficult times require creative solutions. So in Maui, we're not in a tier system. There is no layer that dictates when we can reopen. It all goes through county government. So we've been meeting with the mayor and proposing outdoor events, open air, following COVID social distancing restrictions. And we actually just had one this past Sunday, the very first time that Maui has gathered, not in vehicles, not watching in their living room, that actually were in person on the A&B Amphitheater lawn, looking at the 30th annual Slacky Guitar Festival that we've done every year at the MAC, free to the public. But instead of bringing your lawn chairs and setting them up in the amphitheater, in a very casual event to be COVID friendly, we set up your chairs, you know, white, white padded chairs, six foot spacing front to back, six foot spacing left to right in little groups of four. And we're able to deliver to the public a wonderful four hours of music, cost them nothing. Again, we haven't charged for a ticket in 15 months at the MAC. Everything's free, the focus on the community, focus on happiness, focus on finding some joy somewhere. And Sunday was the first step in how we can move forward yeah, you know, your your heart goes out to them because it, it's a tough situation. Um, Jerry, you know, what can you share just, uh, you know, with the venues that you manage? Yeah, I mean, definitely echo what was what was just stated. That's uh, if, if someone does have an event um, and they're looking at it, let, let's talk um, because we want to put together uh, collectively and formulate a plan that, that that's workable. And I think when we put something together for the near future, and I, I think he mentioned, you know, it's, and, and he's right on the money, is, is that it's sooner rather than later. Um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we're, we're past, we're over the hump and heading towards the final stretch on getting back to where we all want to be. Um, and so uh, I would encourage, uh, as we have any promoter who has uh, their eye on putting together an event, uh, to give us a call and let's structure something that can work for everybody uh, in the short term. Obviously, again, that 70%, you're going to hear that more and more because that's really what's holding us all back from, from reaching um, basically unconditional sort of opportunities in the future. And what are some of the big shows that you were going to have either at the concert hall or, you know, uh, at the Blaisdell uh, uh, Arena that, that, that canceled because of covid yeah, I, I won't give any specific names. However, there are some. I got a list here of, of you know, that's that's real opportunity for, uh, one, the public and the promoters and for uh, the city and, and state from a G tax and, and, you know, what it means for the actual individual uh, venues that we operate. Um, but again, you know, it's... It, I don't want to dwell on that because that's not going to help the the cause any, right? The what's really going to help the cause is is getting towards getting these venues open. We do have some very good, exciting inquiries, uh, ones that haven't gone away, ones that have stayed on our docket and said, "Look, we're interested." I'll give you an example: Hall and Oates. Mm-hmm. Um, they they haven't, you know, faded from. Hey, that's fine. We'll go do it somewhere else. They just said, "When, when, when," and we keep, you know taking them to that next level and letting them know that we're getting closer and closer. And that's the exciting part of it. Uh, again, there there's a future, and we're going to get there. Well, you know, the city has brought in some, you know, great Broadway shows, you know, the traveling shows, and that's been, uh, you know, a nice, uh, you know, kick in the pants for folks who, who can't fly to New York City, and they get that, you know, bit of culture here. Um, you know, what, what's the likelihood of seeing one of those shows come back? Yeah, likelihood time-wise, again, that those are lead times and getting on their schedule. So those larger productions are a little further out. Um, you know, I do want to mention um, Rick Bartolini. He's he's really uh, along with the Hawaii Events Coalition. You know, they've they've 
taken the hit in the gut and and they've stood up and they've said look we're going to be proactive about this we're going to join together join forces in 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 rick's case you know he's actually put some money where his where his mouth is in in a very positive way um he's out there running commercials on his dime uh and and psas to inform the public to get out and do what they need to do in order to again get to these these higher levels because that opens the door um for the 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 keynote events the larger events the big names um that you know guys like mr bartolini bring in uh, along with uh that then has a nice trickle-down effect for the hawaii events coalition and i don't want to stop with uh, rick bartolini because there's other great promoters out there for sure i just saying that he, you know, recognized the challenge that we're in, and he's gone and start running some ads to encourage people to get out and get vaccinated. So appreciate uh, the partnerships with them and the Hawaii Events Coalition, who've also been instrumental in, one, building the awareness um, and, you know, knocking on knocking on the doors to say, hey, we're here and we need we need help and we need uh, support to to get us to to the live event scenario that we all want to be in in the near future. And, Bob, you know, I know with, I, I believe it's a shuttered uh, venues um, mm-hmm. program. Oh, you know, places like, I think it was like Elani Palace, you know, they c- weren't eligible because they didn't have fixed seating at their facility. Um, right. Is there some aspect uh, of this program that, you know, you think that hasn't uh, gotten enough talk in the community? Well, I, again, uh, Congressman Ed Case is trying to get the uh, the basin requirements of SVOG expanded uh, to cover a much larger uh, range of, of groups, including, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting when you really get down to it and you start thinking about, oh, is it it's the sound, lighting, and staging guys. That must be the end of it. But it's, it's the poster people. It's the flower deliveries. It's the caterers. It's the guy who puts up posters. And when you, you know, I think we just wrote out a list, and we came up with about 40 different people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and companies that uh, that were affected by just one event coming in. And it does trickle down. This, these are the small businesses uh, that in, individually don't have quite the same power. That's part of the reason the Hawaii Events Coalition exists, because we've, we've banded together to be a voice. You know, uh, I just found out that a neighbor who runs a transportation business said that what saved him was that he got some business from uh, NCIS. You know, with that production coming into town, he was able to, uh, you know, supply their transportation needs, and he stayed afloat where he said some of his competitors just uh, shut down and aren't coming back. Correct. And, Tui, what else are you hearing out there, you know, uh, because your members work all over the state. Talk about the neighbor islands. Yeah, I mean, there there aren't just it's not just uh, the the big shows that come from out of town. Uh, they're also you know like Mary Monarch. You know the if we want to bring those things back, it'll take a community effort. You know, <coughs> excuse me, that you don't haphazardly build a house on sand, right? It, it starts with a strong foundation, and that foundation has to be a community effort uh, on a focus on safety, but also realizing that. You know, it's not just the business aspect of this. Arts are at the core of the human experience. Arts and culture, are, if you know, if not for that, what are we here for, right? The At the beginning of the pandemic, when we were all uh, locked away in our homes and quarantining and sheltering in place, what did we turn to but the arts, but music and movies and TV shows? I can't express how happy I was when I saw that Hamilton was on a streaming <laughs> yes. service that I could watch <laughs> Hamilton, you know, and Wasn't sing along with some of those fun things. So, like, there have been folks that I've heard asking, you know, like, is it necessary to bring back this? Isn't it kind of frivolous to bring back the arts? And I'd say absolutely not. It's it's what defines us as human beings, right? The connectivity, the the relationships that we build through through song, through dance, through through books and literature, through TV shows and movies that we all love. Yeah, it's essential to the soul. You know, you talk about the Merry Monarch, and I was lamenting that, yeah, you know, a part of the fun was uh, all the craftspeople that would, uh, you know, uh, sell their their wear. And you don't have that happening because it's, you know, the halal are there in Hilo, but there's no live audience. And so, um, right. you know, people will get to watch it at home. But there is that aspect, all, all the, the designers, you know, that would sell Aloha shirts or 
or or or what have you and so yeah that that's missing uh, anything else that you want to add uh, just from the uh, uh, neighbor island perspective there bob um yes well i just came back from uh, doing merry monarch for the you know it's, it's certainly interesting having no audience um at the same time uh and you, you because there's no audience you kind of have to keep contained when each group com- comes on but boy you can certainly see it in the expressions I mean, the big thing that you miss of live versus watching in television, you know, gosh, with a live crowd, you know, that word brouhaha, you can hear that conversation swell over an audience when somebody does something that's, you know, just simply is ta- taking a lay from somebody locally to play, being somebody up on stage or going, you know, I'm going to go off the set because I, I love this song and being here reminds me of this. And those kind of moments, the chicken skin things that happen, it's hard to capture that on television. It's it's something that you really really miss. And when we did Merry Monarch, you know, you could just you could feel when somebody was amazing and they performed great, but you couldn't provide a soundtrack that didn't exist. And so it was interesting to watch people trying to contain themselves, but their eyes got really big and they all smiled. And you just, uh, gosh, I'm you know, I'm really you know lusting for an audience. Yes, I know. Longing for that audience, huh? There's, there's, yep. uh, the thing that I find is most powerful about live events is that when a performer is on stage or, say, with Mary Warnock, when they're singing and dancing and chanting, um, the sound waves that they're creating are literally reaching out and physically touching the people in the audience. And I think that's a powerful part of the experience and I think you know gets lost in the conversation sometimes is how we, how we can celebrate one another and really affect one another through through live events yeah and uh, you know I have many friends that uh, have worked for decades on the Mary Monarch uh, show and bringing that to you know to the uh, TV waves the broadcast waves and and I'm happy that they're working but I I know that it is it's not the same uh, I think we've got a, a soundbite from Art Vento talking about you know missing that experience it's still going to be a long process before we can sit shoulder to shoulder, stand arm in arm, and reach for the sky and cheer on the top of our lungs like we would do in the old days, in the previous times. But that day is getting closer and closer. What we've done over the past months and over a year is move forward what we can, be creative, find a way to make what you can have happen, not completely fight and wallow in what the no is. And the world is coming to us. The world is finally making a statement that it's going to be safer sooner than later. So hope and optimism are on the horizon, and we'll be ready to capture that spirit when it truly is safe and the government regulations give us the thumbs up to continue doing more and more people closer together, moving into a world in which we can share the arts in a volume situation where people can gather and where people can express their joy. That was Art Vento, president and CEO of the Maui Arts and Culture Center. You know, I happened to be at the Bishop Museum uh, when they uh, first opened after the shutdown, and the Royal Hawaiian Band was out there on the Great Lawn, Mm. and I was the only one sitting out there under the coconut tree until, you know, a family with two little kids came. And I just thought, oh, it was so nice to be out there. It was so nice to listen to a live performance, but I didn't have a crowd to share it with. So, you know, my heart went out to them because they were just there 100%, whether it was one or a 1,000. You know, the the Maui... uh, uh, Arts and Culture Center, I'm told that they stage, what, 1,700 events every year. I mean, that's amazing. You know, Jerry, I mean, what, what are our numbers here on Oahu? Yeah, it's it's in, certainly it's, uh, you know, thousands. I mean, when you take into consideration the conferences and the, and the other events that are here and all the hotels, not just at our venues, but, you know, think about all the meetings that occur at, at your hotels and your golf course banquet rooms, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's critical that you know, we're making progress, but s- still a, a, a road ahead. You know, I want to, um, on that note, I just kind of want to say, that, you know, that like the folks that are really spearheading some of the, and I don't want to miss anybody, but I, just a couple that are certainly out there, you know, the uh, Queens Medical Center, uh, 
Queens Health Systems and Hawaii Pacific Health, you know, they went from being just just a small handful of key stand-up locations. Pier 2 was uh, Hawaii Pacific Health, and then Queens was at the Blaisdell, and then there was uh, a lot of activity out at uh, Leeward Community College. And, you know, they, they didn't sit on their hands. Like, I mean, they've really diversified out. Um, Hawaii Pacific Health, as an example, wrapped a bus and took it on the road and you know they were pulling into locations and so it's one thing to say hey come get a vaccination and now it's actually you know another gear and saying here we are we're going to take the vaccination to you and um you know my in my previous life I was uh, out at wet and wild Hawaii uh, running the facility there and um you know we opened up last May uh we were blessed and fortunate we put together a hard plan and and got it into action uh, the Honolulu Zoo, very similar uh, timelines. And so I just, you know, it's, they're now given back. So last last weekend, uh, the Honolulu Zoo had Hawaii Pacific Health's bus pull into the location and they were doing vaccinations there on site. So you, you got a venue that's bringing in, you know, 15, 16, 1700, a couple thousand in, in some cases uh, in the outdoors. And you know, trying to really uh, drive the vaccination point home because, again, that's the metrics that's that we're all being measured by right now. So the the community and the people that are involved in trying to get us all to that level, um, we got to support them as well, right, and keep up the good work that, that they're doing because that's going to allow us, the venues and the operators and the promoters and the support uh, systems that, that put together these large events to get back to work. And Jerry, anything you want to add just from, I don't know, just your, as your experience, uh, you know, as a production company, Bob? Production company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's wide ranging. You know, so one of the things that's going to be interesting is, the, you know, webcasts, Zoom. I don't think that's all going away. I think you're going to find that component as an extension of many of the shows that we do as well. It'll be interesting to see whether you can... Uh, after the tickets are sold in the venue, will you be able to, you know, watch on, on local cable? I don't know. But there still is nothing like being in an audience. You know, when you, a live show, you know, television is something you, you watch at home with a handful of friends. But a live show is the basis for memory. It's the dinner you go to afterward, the, the club you might have gone to, the one you had before, the, one, the time you asked your wife to marry you. It's yeah. live. Yeah. Uh, well, and uh, Art Bento uh, had a similar thought. But I will tell you, there is lessons from COVID that will continue to move forward, which is there's a virtual component that will integrate itself whenever and wherever possible. And we're seriously evaluating how it is that that can continue in the industry to go ahead. And for those who can't gather, won't gather, don't feel comfortable gathering, there's certain shows that we'll be able to offer a virtual component that if you asked me that two years ago, that would not have been a priority in how we're doing business. But now it is. We need to take lessons from COVID in terms of how people want to receive the arts, want to receive their entertainment. But human nature is we need to gather together. We need to share emotion. We need to share what's going on in front of us. And, and the Mac will be there to go ahead and push us forward when it truly is safe. And you know, it's that yeah, that lesson learned, like, okay, we're going to carry this through, whether it's, you know, you've been meeting on Teams or Zoom. Um, that's going to just be part of what we've got to deal with going forward. Uh, we did get a, a comment from Susie on the Big Island. Susie runs a community theater in Volcano. They've had two productions so far, including a radio play, uh, and the theater is preparing to put on uh, Pirates of Penzance as their summer musical so yeah we've all had to adapt uh and uh, i don't know to anything more you want to add about that about stage productions and how they've just pivoted yeah you know like we our our job is to to adapt right to do things on the fly um and i think some of the the ways that folks have shown up um in you know like from the city and county from you know like allowing the assisting in making sure that TV show went, went through at the Blaisdell, right? And finding uh, new and, you know, sometimes not obvious solutions to things, putting on uh, the symphony um, at Hawaii Theater and, you know, live streaming it. I think 
versatility has always been an aspect of, of this industry um, on whatever side of the coin that you're on. Um, yeah. I was uh, walking down Waikiki just this weekend, and there were crowds on the sidewalk. I was like, wow, you know, uh, and there were musicians, <laughs> street musicians there, and besides the little you know, the tip box, there was a, you can pay by Venmo, which <laughs> I, which made me chuckle, you know, because I don't recall seeing that before, but I guess, you know, hey, you don't have cash, uh, you can certainly uh, support this musician out mm-hmm. on the street. And I wonder, too, you know, how the Blue Note was doing. You know, you've got people down there in Waikiki eager to see a show. And, you know, the, back in the day, we had Society of Seven, you had lots of things going, you know, the magic show, I think, at the at the Hilton, there were so many venues where uh, you could go see live music, and and so I just worry: is, is you know, is there enough happening in Waikiki? I don't know. Rick, it'll it'll Rick, certainly you... take it'll certainly take some time, like with anything to do with COVID, even in our film and TV sector, right? The the timetable is much lengthier now because folks need to test before they go to work. They test while they are working, right? Mm-hmm. PPE is a thing, and making sure that everybody. Uh, has PPE properly distributed, um, that there are hand sanitation uh, sites that they can make sure that their hands are clean no matter where they're going. Um, it's It presents a logistical challenge, but like I said earlier, that's that's what we do. Um, as a wise man once said, difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week, right? <laughs> you know, uh, I know that uh, there there was an attempt by the cruise line, I think, to offer cruises, uh, and, you know, everybody would be vaccinated on that cruise, and I think that got struck down in a Florida court, but, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, some folks want some s- sense of assurance that, yeah, if they go into a small venue, you know, is everybody going to be vaccinated or, you know, will we, we stop the temperature tests, you know, going into a lot of offices and um, even medical facilities they aren't doing that anymore. But a- anything more you want to add, Bob, just uh, from where you sit? No, I just uh, honestly hope people get, see the need. The, not, if not just to help us, but it, just to help themselves. To, if we want to get back to life, let's get vaccinated. Let's mm-hmm. uh, not hesitate lo- any longer. And then, uh, uh, Jerry, uh, from the city's point of view, um, what, what else do you see uh, happening with our venues if we want to get back into the arena? Yeah, it's it's uh, uh, again. I think it it echoes what we've said all along here today, and and what Bob just mentioned. It's. You know, those are those are the current parameters, right? And so, in order to get uh, to achieve desired results, uh, collectively as a society, we need to hit our targets, and that's what's going to help us uh, sort of catapult to the next level. Which is, from what I hear on everyone on the call and and out in the community, is that's what that's what we want. We want to get back to a sense of normalcy, and that normalcy is not going to or or it will occur, I should say, when when. Um, you know, we reach these thresholds and uh, look forward to the, to those days, right? Everybody wants to have some sense of normalcy moving forward. Okay, we've got about three minutes left, but do you folks have any final thoughts or you want to appeal to anybody out there? Yeah, I would say that, you know, like as uh, skilled technicians in this field, you know, we ask that uh, employers and that audience folk, you know, they, they, they trust us in our in our crafts, that we are professionals in our crafts. They... they trust that we can hang the lights properly so that they'll be safe underneath uh, the, the sound towers as well, right? They trust that they're going to be safe by, because of the, the actions that we take and the steps that we take to ensure uh, the safety of everyone involved. In that, you know, questions and concerns regarding a new vaccine are understandable. And I just implore everyone out there that's listening, you know, if you have questions or concerns, reach out to your primary care physician, reach out to your doctors, trust the professionals in that field as well that they know what they're doing and address those concerns. And, uh, you know, together we can do this. Can you give us a sense of how many of your members have been vaccinated? Is it mostly 100%? I mean, there are a lot of members. I couldn't Mm -hmm. give you a a strong number, but there are a lot of folks that are out there doing it. Okay. And Bob, any final thoughts? No, not at this time. I mean, well, actually there is one more thing because it was sent to me. uh, It's a picture of our states across the country and, of the states, it seems close to 45 have completely reopened. I know the state of Washington is looking to reopen at the end of the month. Oregon at least has set the parameters and you know expects to do so soon. Uh, it's Hawaii and New Mexico that 
are just uh, no, nothing quite specific yet when the emergency order will be lifted at what percent and uh, the again the CDC numbers vary from our state so you know getting there is going to be a particularly uh, hard hard last 10 percent so uh, we need your help okay you get the last minute Jerry <laughs> uh, no, no again echoes echoes what we what we said um, you know I I'm fortunate to sit in on meetings uh, with the cabinet and we are definitely uh, Mayor Blangiardi is leading a charge uh, to get us back to that normalcy but it, it, it takes you know beyond just him it takes the village right and so we've got to keep doing our part um, we definitely look forward to having our venues open and and the shell is uh, probably our best foot f well, I shouldn't say probably it is our best foot forward because it's an outdoor open-aired uh, wonderful facility and so uh, there are events that are coming into the tier there into the queue there and we'll uh, look forward to welcoming the public all right well we would like to thank our guests jerry papillo city and county of honolulu's director of enterprise services tui scanlon president of viazzi local 665 and bob Harmon, president and ceo of the hawaii events coalition and we thank you the listener for joining us uh, on today's show what are your thoughts on live events coming back to the state? Are there any concerts that you're looking forward to, or do you plan on waiting until you feel it's safer? Call our talk back line at 808-792-8217. You can also send us an email at talkback at hawaiipublicradio.org. And if you want to listen back to today's show, check out the conversation podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org. I'm Catherine Cruz. Join us tomorrow for more of the conversation. on how to get to 70 rather than grousing about why 70. <laughs> you know, I had a listener call and he said, he, he's, I'm in my 60s and I'm at the gym and there was this young guy and we were talking and he said he wasn't vaccinated. And he said he managed to have a conversation with him and after 45 minutes, the guy said, I'm calling now and he was going to get back. So if just some guy he didn't know, yeah. but he spent the time trying to reason with them and I yeah. thought that was, you know, it's a yeah. good thing. There's a, you know, someone from our international had put together a whole packet that, you know, there are far, some folks that are hardliners that will never, ever get a vaccine no matter mm -hmm. what it is, right. right? And those aren't the folks that we're really trying to influence, the, the swing votes, so to, say, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. People well, on the fence. And that's what I was saying about, like, the zoo and the water park. Yeah. Like, you know, you got 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 yeah. people showing up at their and their families. And they're the younger demographic that right. right now is the is sort of the ones that are on the fence, right, of not quite getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, are you still on the line? Yeah, I'm listening. Oh, again. thank you so much. I Appreciate your time. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I just got to get people vaccinated. Much I don't know love, what else, Bob. What else to Sorry? do? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely too. You guys are great. I'm glad you. I'm, I'm glad I got to be a part of this. Yeah. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. <laughs> and hopefully, yeah, we get we convince some people to go out there and get the shot. Cross your fingers. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, Bob, you're not mad at me that I told him to call you? <laughs> no, not at all. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Much appreciated. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Take care. All right. All right, brother. Aloha. Aloha. Take care. Aloha.